Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the Positive Safety Coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming Frank Bell. Frank is currently the Health and Safety Manager for Alstrom at their Thilmany Mill location in Nina, Wisconsin. He has 31 years in the safety field in industries including paper, printing, plastics, and chemical. He received his Bachelor of Science in Civil and Environmental Engineering at Michigan Technological University. Frank is married to his wife of 21 years, Nicole, and they have four children, three sons, age 18, 15, and 14, and they adopted their daughter from Bulgaria, who is 11. Outside of work, Frank spends his time attending their kids' activities, deer hunting, hiking, and ATV riding. Hello, Frank. How are you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, very good. I'm glad you could take time to be on our podcast today. I think you have a lot of great stuff that you have to offer. But first of all, what do we want to do, Barb, for Frank? Well, we won't sing it, but happy birthday. Happy birthday. Frank was nice enough, believe it or not, people, to be on our podcast on his birthday. So we really feel honored (laughs) today, by the way. Well, that's the only reason I came on. I mean, it's, you uh, you know, this is like a birthday present for me (laughs) to get to be on your podcast. How else would you rather spend your birthday, right? Exactly. (laughs) Can we start by just having you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your safety background? Sure. So again, Frank Bell, I've been in the safety field for 31 years. My start to the safety field was, I wouldn't say a surprise, but my degree, I went to Michigan Tech and I have a degree in civil engineering with a specialty in environmental engineering. So I uh, was applying for jobs, looking for an environmental engineering job. Started at Menash Corp and they said, oh, by the way, you have safety too. And I said, <laughs> what's that? And I kind of learned on the fly a little bit. Ev Lubouten was the occupational health nurse back then, lost touch with her, don't know if she's even still with us now, but she taught me my beginnings to safety. She was very influential to me. I would say pretty quickly in my career, I learned that's the fun part of the job. It's the working with the people, it's solving problems, it's getting out on the floor. So again, I think pretty quickly, maybe a little bit to my surprise, that became my passion. So I did environmental and safety both for a good chunk of my career, but Really a focus almost completely on safety for the last eight years or so. And again, certainly has become my passion. Yeah, that's interesting. We have, it seems like a lot of guests that have stumbled upon safety, but wind up really loving it. It doesn't seem to be a chosen field a lot, but I think there's changing because yeah. at least when, you know, Frank, I and Barb were all in, in school a few years ago, that it really didn't have that option of safety. And nowadays, it seems like a lot more universities, even locally around here in Wisconsin, a lot more of them are, are putting in that safety as a whole uh, educational. Right. Yeah, I had two safety interns start on Monday, ah. both from Illinois State, try to get them from Whitewater, but those had other opportunities. Construction always is a great carrot to hang out there for those young interns because they get to travel around and 
get paid well. But general industry, I still say that's where it's at. So yeah, I, it is a great field. It's a good time to become a safety manager these days. Yeah, we just had guest Nick Moe on our podcast, a recent grad of UW-Platteville entering the safety field. And it's just nice to see that it's a chosen field moving forward for people and that things have changed and there's a lot of focus on that. So I think we want to kind of gear our conversation today. We want to talk about how you can take advantage of opportunities in the workplace to improve, opportunities that are right there that maybe people don't always look towards. So why is it important to report all injuries and incidents, even when they're minor? Let's talk about that. Sure. So I have a lot of passion around this. I look at every incident as an opportunity. So that's your near miss, your minor injury, a little first aid, the property damage, the whatever it is. Every incident is an opportunity because that's an opportunity to do a little root cause analysis, figure out why it happened, and then really work to try to prevent future incidents from occurring along those same lines. And it's something that some companies are good at, some companies aren't as good at, and lots of different reasons. But when we talk about incidents here, the way I talk about it, I talk about it as opportunities. And we have to take advantage of those opportunities by making sure we report stuff, even those little minor things, even the things that like, I'm fine, it's no big deal. I may be a little embarrassed, but hey, that's our chance to look at what happened, why it happened, really do that good root cause analysis on it. And I would say frequently we end up finding other stuff unrelated even to that incident. And those are the opportunities that you want to take advantage of. And it's hard to maybe show a numbers how many other incidents you prevent, but you know if you do a good job with that come up with some good corrective actions, you will be preventing future incidents and hopefully future injuries, serious injuries. I really like the way that you put that, Frank, right? Opportunities, because a lot of times in safety, what's the normal? We talk safety, oh, it's negative, right? And that, that's in a lot of people's minds that are working with us and stuff like that. And to be able to look at that more in a positive way, and I think that opportunities gives that, hey, you know what? This happened, but let's look at the opportunity for us to improve versus, well, you know what? Uh, that should never happen. Why did that happen? And they feel accused. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely. It's a lot of times not done correctly. It becomes a finger pointing exercise. Why did you do this wrong? Right. Why are you so stupid kind of feeling? Hopefully people aren't using that terminology, but that's the way it can feel to people when you do that follow-up. Why did you get hurt? It's really the opportunity. How can we prevent this from happening again? How can we help others from getting hurt down the line and try to make it a little bit more of that positive feel, positive experience to get people to report these things and it really is. It is that opportunity to get better. If something happened, it's happened. Okay, now let's take advantage of it and let's get better going forward. I like the fact that you say reported even if it's minor. And I know prior to the conversation here, we talked about you have four kids, we have four kids. And something we always say to them is we know you're going to mess up. And we want you to learn from your mistakes. Hopefully they're minor ones while you're under our roof, but it's the same concept. You know Sometimes. What I mean? Yeah, we won't <laughs> go into detail, but you have to mess up to learn. In safety, hopefully it's smaller, but you have to use those opportunities to improve and learn and grow. And you can't just shove them under the rug, even if they are minor. So I think that's a very good point. Well, it kind of goes back to those basics, right? Of if I walk by somebody and they're not doing something safe, they may be able to get away with it. But that encourages them because I didn't stop them and talk to them, right? I mean, and they're like, oh, Ted walked by. Everything is fine. So must even though he wasn't doing it correctly and he didn't get hurt, those are the opportunities I think you're kind of referring to, right, Frank? Yeah, yes, for sure. Uh, it kind of goes into what I'd call care enough to act. 
more often than not, people can quote unquote, get away with unsafe behavior or act and not get hurt. But if they continue to do it at some point, they are more likely to get hurt or have an incident occur. And really, it's certainly as leaders, as we're out there, we set that expectation. It's one of the mantras we talk to all our supervisors about is that if you walk past something, don't remind the person to whatever it is, put their safety glasses back on. You just told them, hey, I don't care if you wear your safety glasses. You didn't actually right. say that to them, but you just walked past them and they're like, hey, Frank just walked past. He didn't tell me that I need to put my safety glasses on. I guess it's no big deal. And now I just set the expectation. It's okay to take that shortcut. And to care enough to act, you hope that everybody does that. Certainly the leaders, certainly the fellow team members out there working on whatever piece of equipment or machine they're working on as they work together, they feel as a team and they don't just walk past that. Being in the safety field this long, I have heard, I would say, some pretty tragic stories from people who have walked past something and have then come back to have somebody get hurt seriously and even killed. And you listen to those people talk and how it's affected their lives, the guilt that they have. It's pretty tragic. And that's something we talk to our people about as well, is that it might be a difficult conversation to tell somebody, hey, I I don't know if you're doing that the, the safest way or explain this to me. But if you walk past it, something happens, that's really going to affect your life as well as the person that got hurt. And that's the goal is we're in this together. Let's work together as a team to try to be safe. And the family, right? I mean, it affects the family. And that's really what we talk a lot about. You know, Barbara and I, our mission is to ensure that families stay together. And that's that simple, right? And that's kind of what we're talking about, won't you say, Frank? It is. As a safety manager, been doing this for a lot of years. I've had some pretty significant injuries. And sitting in that emergency room with that injured person and their family members is one of the tough parts of the job, a very important part of the job, because somebody just got hurt. You need to be there for them help them through that process. But, you know, it affects more than that injured person. Uh, it affects the, their spouse, their parents, their kids, yes, yes. Uh, brothers, sisters. And that's why we do it. That's part of the reason I have the passion here is preventing that those events from happening. And you live through some of those, it leaves a mark on you. I certainly re- remember those serious injuries that have been at my mills. And uh, remember those people, I remember sitting with their families That's why we do this. That's why we work hard to prevent this stuff from happening. Yeah, I think when you've done it for as many years as both you and I have, Frank, we unfortunately have that. I'll never forget I had a moment where I had to deal with somebody that just fell 20 feet down to the ground and talking to his fiance, telling her what happened and her kind of looking at me and then talking to the parents. I remember the father very, very specifically because the mother was talking to me. She was talking to me and crying. And the father wasn't looking at me. He was looking through me. And I knew from that time on that I am never, ever going to allow myself to have to put in this position again, you know, because, again, it affects so many people. And that fortunately turned out really well. It was a long recovery, but it turned out really well afterwards. But that changed everybody's lives. I mean, changes everybody and all the way down, filter down. So it's not just about the employee itself. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. It's something we talk quite a bit about with our new hires. Because in my career, I've actually had people tell me, oh, let me sign something. I can take that risk. I don't need to do it that way. <laughs> and, oh, uh, gosh. And I'm like, well, okay, well, that's not okay. But think of the other people in your life, right? If you like, well, if I get hurt, it's my own fault. I've had people say that to me. And I'm like, okay, but it affects other people. One of the 
kind of funny stories I try to tell people to get that is my wife many years ago now we uh, we were both adult soccer players at rec leagues and I kind of had retired but she was still playing and she was playing and tripped or got tripped and fell and broke her wrist Ooh. and uh, playing soccer fine but when it cast I take it easy and one of my jobs is the good husband because she could shave one armpit with the good hand <laughs> but she couldn't shave the other armpit with the bad hand. And that was my job as the husband. I had to shave her armpit. And I'm like, well, that wasn't the most fun job to do in the world. And that's pretty minor, no big deal. But when somebody gets hurt, it affects other people in so your true. life. It really, it and, really does. And and when you're trying to be safe, that's what you want to think. When I tell everybody new hire training, I put a picture of my family. So when you see me walk around, think of them. If you see me doing something you don't think is the right thing, stop me. Don't let me do that because I will affect all of them. And hopefully they get that point as well as when they're making those choices to take the shortcut or to not take two and take a step back and reevaluate. They think about their family, think about those loved ones that they will affect if they get hurt. And hopefully that slows them down and make sure that they're making those good choices and then bringing up hazards that aren't their choice that are just there. Right. I like in your role, that is your job to keep people safe, but to encourage others peer to peer to do that. It's not always easy, but it's so important because once, you know, something happens, listening to your stories, Frank and Ted, you can't rewind. Once it's done, you can't. So, you know, it's a work in progress, but it's so important. Kind of getting back to the conversation on a little different level. Can you talk about some of the best root cause analysis techniques you've used in the past when dealing with some of this? Sure. And that's really the take advantage of the opportunity part that's important yeah. is to, w- when you have an incident, is to really try to break down the root cause. Probably the one that I really like the most, I think is effective, is the Y tree, or some people call it 5Y process, where you kind of start with the end result. So let's say a laceration of the finger. You start with five stitches in, in your right index finger. And that's why is that? Well, cut with a utility knife. Okay, why cut with a utility knife? And you just keep breaking down really process step by process step as small as you can think about. It's not just, oh, I cut myself because I didn't have my cut resistant gloves on. Uh, Okay, well, that might be down at the bottom, but let's get through the why. Why were you cutting something in the first place? What was the production process that was going on? Why were you doing it this? And it can get into, is there a mechanical way to do it? You don't have to interact with it. You really want to get to that headspace, mind space part of that as well as what were they thinking a little bit at that time? Were they being rushed? Was there pressure on from the production floor? But really break it down as small step as you can get to try to figure out those process steps that were involved in getting there. It's not just I cut my finger because I cut my finger. It's all the different processes that got into that. And I would say a good Y tree has lots and lots of branches on it. There's never just one root cause. There's really almost never just, oh, here's what happened. It's almost always multiple things when you really break it down by each process. Why were you cutting? Well, I had to get this box open. Okay, why did you have to get the box open? Uh, Well, because I had to get the part out. Okay, maybe there's not too much there. But why were you using a utility knife? Well, that's the tool I had available. Well, could you use a little slice tool or something that's not sharp? Oh, sure. I'm just cutting tape off a box. And you get into that. I think some of the best Y trees that I've been in, and this happens a lot, is you go in and honestly, you know, you're kind of thinking, how is this probably going to go? And you start the discussion going and somebody comes up with something you hadn't even thought about, maybe not even directly related to that incident. I'm like, hey, what about this? And you go down another whole tree and come up with a potential corrective action. And those are the real fun ones. It's like, geez, no, I didn't really thought about that. But yeah, that has maybe a big cause to this. 
or that is maybe even something even not related to this, but is doing the process, talks about, well, this is a big hazard. This is really more of a concern and you can go and fix that. The other part of that, which is really critical, if it's just Ted and I sitting in a room doing this Y tree because somebody else got hurt, we're probably going to miss some of those root causes. You got to have people that do the job there. You have to have hourly people there that know the job. They're the experts. They're the ones that understand what was going on. If it's the injured person and me, that's not going to work well either, right? Because it's going to be like, even if I'm pretty good at it, they'll probably like, well, why, why am I in here having to talk to the safety manager? And they feel accused too, right? At that time. Yeah. It becomes that finger pointing. And if you do a Y tree wrong, it can go down that road and those aren't going to be effective. So keys to a good Y tree, you got to have, I always say as many hourly folks as salary folks, it's kind of the way I look at it in there. If it's a supervisor, the safety manager, and you got the injured person, that's not going to be an effective Y tree. You try to have the person that was involved in the incident because they know best what was going on. And then a couple other people that do it, that job or a similar job or have done that job in the past, they're the experts. They're the ones that are going to come up with the process steps that maybe you're not thinking about or missing or why did they do that? It's, well, that's the only tool that's available or there's no place to put that tool close. So it's kept locked up in the supervisor's office. I can never get to it. Those are the things that come out in those Y trees. And again, I always say, I bet you white tree is a good white tree. You get up there, you got boxes all over that. Usually try to do them on whiteboards or something like that. I've done on big post-it things too. It's kind of all over the board and I can make it look pretty later if I want to type it up and let people see it. But it's important to get all those different process steps. What's the process step? And at the bottom, you kind of look at those root causes. Again, it's always more than one. And that's where you focus your corrective action on. Okay, so you had to use this non-retractable utility knife for this task, and that's why you got cut. Well, could we get a retractable? Could we use a non-utility knife? Could we use one of those, a slice tool or a different, maybe a slabbing tool? That's a, a butter knife. It's not a butter knife. Something <laughs> not sharp, right? Um, you know, is there an opportunity? And so I was like, oh yeah, we could. Why don't you? Well, we don't have them. Well, has anybody ever bought one? No. All right. Well, that might be an easy fix. Let's get a non-sharp tool to do this task if it can be done. It's looking at the other process. Why did you have to do this task? Is there a way to fix it? Was there a malfunction in the equipment that caused you to have to go do this? And really getting down to all those different root causes. There's always more than one. And then when you do your corrective actions, take advantage of the opportunity, you hopefully are looking and trying to attack and work on every one of those root causes to see if you can come up to do something better, a safer way, less risky way of doing it. Yeah, that sounds like, you know, the thought process is just dig a little deeper and a lot can come from it. And water the trees. And water the trees. You know, I mean, you really do. Oh, yeah, yeah. You really have to water that tree because it's going to make those branches grow a little bit more. It is. And again, getting the right people in the room and just getting that discussion. I I really love it. When I'm leaving a white tree, I got a big smile on my face. And I'm like, we came up with something I had no idea we were going to talk about. And this is an easy fix. This is going to make us better. It's like, that's why we do this. And it happens a lot because you get the right people in the room to start brainstorming, talking about stuff. And uh, they come up with some really good ideas. Well, one last thing that we just want to talk about briefly, we already kind of started talking a little bit about it was, can you kind of explain the care enough to act and what that means? Sure. So uh, that's, I would say for a few of the different companies that I've worked for, really every company's had some form of care enough to act. I would say it's a safety value that we want people to have. 
I would say it stems a little bit from USW has right to act where they say that everybody has the right to say this task isn't safe. I'm not going to do it. We always say we got to take that a step farther. Certainly everybody has that right, but it's also should be the company's expectation. If you are doing something you don't think is safe, you should stop. That's our expectation of all our team members is that they aren't going to do a task they feel is unsafe. If they don't think it is, stop, take two, take a step back, get your supervisor, get your coworkers, whatever it takes to come up with a plan to do it safely. And sometimes it might just be they've never been trained on this task specifically, and there's a really good, safe way to do it. We just have to sit down and explain it to them. But that's that care enough to act. And it goes a couple different ways. Certainly that individual that's doing a task shouldn't do it. Then it comes, as we talked about, is walking past something you don't think is safe. We want you to stop. We want you to have a conversation with people. We talk to new hires about this. And this is really difficult for a brand new hire. Talk to somebody who's been here 25 years. If they see something, that's a really difficult conversation to have. Yeah, intimidating. It is. And we say, well, we expect you to try to do that. If you don't feel comfortable, come find your supervisor, come find one of the safety people, come find another coworker and say, hey, I just want to understand this better. And there's good ways and bad ways to do this. You know, if I come up to you, Ted, and say, hey, you stupid SOB, why are you doing it this way? <laughs> well, that would be you, pretty accurate, though, well, <laughs> for it might me. Be. It might be. But you might get a little defensive, right? You, yes, you absolutely. Might, yep. you, you might get a little defensive. If I come up and say, hey, Ted, I got a question for you. I don't sure if I really understand, but it, this has given me a little bit of concern. I don't get the warm fuzzies with this. Can you tell me what you're doing here? And uh, you know, I just don't want you to get hurt, but it might just be I don't understand. It's more of a question and open, letting that individual hopefully not quite feel so attacked. And then also maybe have a good start, a good conversation about the process to let everybody understand what it is. The approach you use with people makes a big difference. Yeah, it does. For sure. When you take this as a value, I tell this story at New York Train. It goes back, it was over 20 years ago, but it's one of my real positive care enough to act stories that, that I like to tell. I'll just take a minute here. So this is at a plant I was working at. Generally, sometime in the morning, I kind of take a tour through the production area, talk to people, see what was happened the night before, see how people were doing. And I kind of got out in the production area, pretty big open area, and I could see one of the team members kind of eyeing me up from a distance. And I'm like... Uh, you, you know, yeah, it's like, is this definitely eyeing me up? He's got something for me. Is this going to be a good conversation or what? So I'm kind of where I'm getting a little bit closer. And all of a sudden he starts guessing with his hand, you know, come on over, come on over. So I'm like, yep, he wants to talk to me. And he's got a big smile on his face. So I'm like, okay, this, that's probably a good sign. He, you know, Frank didn't do something wrong today. Goes over and he's like, Frank, I got to tell you a story. I'm like, okay, what you got? Tell me. And he's like, well, I was at home and this Part I love right there, it's an at-home story. When we talk safety, it's not just at work. It's at home too. That's the value. Good point. And so yeah. I was at home and I was late. And this, I honestly don't remember where he was going at this point. I was 10 minutes late. It was my own fault. I just wasn't paying attention, doing stuff. So I'm getting in my car and I'm backing out of my garage and turn around and go down the road. And I look over and my neighbor standing on the very top level of a six-foot stepladder, cleaning out the gutters. And, you know, we talk a lot about that. That's not a safe activity to do. We get up on that very top level. It's tippy. He stopped his car. He got out. He walked over, carefully got his attention, said, hey, you know, we talk about this. I work all the time. I just, I don't want you to get hurt. It's really tippy up there. I have an eight foot step ladder in my garage. Why don't we go get my eight foot step ladder, make your job easier. They walked into his garage, dug out his step ladder, brought it back, set it up. He's like, you know, I know where you live. Use it as long as you need, whatever. Got back in his car now 15 or 20 minutes late to where he's going, but a big smile on his face because he did something good. And what I really love about the story, 
he couldn't wait to get to work the next day, mm -hmm. find the safety person and yeah. tell him that story. That is, that is awesome. That's care enough to act. That's safety as a value. And that's just a story I tell all our new hires because it makes me feel good. That's what we want everybody to think about. Because when you help somebody out like that, it does make you feel good. Right. Absolutely. And, and to tell other people and you just expand that care enough to act knowledge and trees. Yeah. What I love about that story so much, Frank, too, is that it wasn't just that he stopped that person. He also gave him a solution. Right. He did. Right. I yeah, mean, I got that, something that's to help sometimes you. A, just a tremendous story, but it started with you being able to farmer that down into your employees and all that kind of stuff. So that's a great story. I do. I love that. That kind of wraps up the meaning of care enough to act. Exactly. Well, Frank, thank you very much for uh, being on the show today and being a part of us. Before we end this, so I just want to remind everybody that we do have online training for total health and safety solutions. So if you are in need of online safety training, we can provide that. Just go to www.totalhealthandsafetynow.com and just click on TED-Ed. And we have a whole bunch of different safety trainings that we can provide for you that, along with certificate and everything. So it's a really great way of going about that training for some of your employees. But Frank, as you know, this is probably my favorite part of the show right now is to ask you a couple <laughs> really tough questions. Barb's going to start right. this one off. Oh, Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. I'm excited. Well, in honor of your birthday, why are birthdays good for your health? Uh, I don't know why a <laughs> birthday is good for your health. Uh, research suggests that people with more birthdays usually live longer. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yes. We didn't say these were great jokes, but they are safe ones. <laughs> That's a good one. That's They're a good safe. one. Okay. What did Tennessee? I don't know. What did Tennessee? The same thing as Arkansas. Ah, Do you get that? I like it. I okay. get that. Yeah. It took me a while to get like that, that one. I got to be honest with you. But okay. Hey, Frank, thanks so much for being on the show and, and being a part of our podcast. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, how would they go about doing that? Well, you can probably email me at frank.bell at alstrom.com. That is my email. Always uh, in the safety field, you know, we always help out whoever. If somebody has questions, feel free to reach out. So that's probably the easiest way. You could probably find me on LinkedIn and message me there as well. I'm on LinkedIn and that is another good way to get a hold of me. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Really good conversation. Yeah. Thanks, Frank. Thanks for have having a, me on. Yeah. And have a super safe day. <laughs> I will. Take you care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to TED Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week. 